Welcome to Do the Hard Thing, episode 14. I'm Jason Archer, creator, freedom seeker, leader of self, full-time student, and part-time teacher of self-mastery, and today's theme is Want It Like a Kid at Christmas. So turn up the volume, put down the distractions, and let's kick this off. Now, have you ever started down a path you felt held a great deal of meaning for you, then for whatever reason couldn't move toward the outcome you wanted to create? Whether it was mental, physical, or spiritual, it didn't matter. There was some part of you that refused to move. This podcast is born out of that specific idea. Do the Hard Thing is an exploration in human movement. So when was the last time you really wanted something? I mean, wanted it so hard you couldn't rest until you had it. Aside from getting laid, my experience of most adults is that they live on the surface of life in shallow conversations about nothing meaningful, basically living in repression and never allowing themselves to really want much of anything. Certainly not enough to go hard after it. In Walden, Thoreau wrote, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. From the desperate city you go into the desperate country and have to console yourself with the bravery of minks and muskrats. Now, minks and muskrats... I would assume, are not very brave. And Thoreau makes a great point when it comes to the ability of the average person to stand up for an idea, a want, or a set of principles that they claim to believe in. They're largely afraid to speak their minds for fear of offending the wrong person. Say you're a business owner who fears losing a customer, or you're an employee who fears losing a job. You're in a relationship and fear being ostracized. In this explosion of PC culture that's been reborn in American colleges and universities, I see repressed people doing their best to make their way in a world dying to be offended for even the smallest slight. So what do you do? How do you live out loud in a world with sensitive ears? Well, the short answer is you don't. You literally sedate. You busy yourself with nonsense, material things, Distractions like the latest trash TV show or the constantly negative news channel that only echoes back your existing beliefs with no allowance or reasoning or deeper thought around any given topic. No wonder the U.S. has the highest use of antidepressants in the world. People are living a lie, living authentically, living out of integrity with what they really want, and they can't figure out why their deepest desires won't be filled with another episode of Real Housewives or Game of Thrones. There is hope, though. What if you could erase the fears you've created as you've grown and create strategic ways of dealing with problems that allowed you to let off steam in a way that puts you back on track? Think back. Think of your younger self, that kid that you used to be. What if you could get in touch with him or her, especially the way you were around Christmas and the holidays? Remember how hard you would want something, how hard you'd want a certain toy. I grew up, I was a child of the 70s and the 80s, and growing up each year at Christmas, all the department stores would mail out catalogs to every home they could. They knew full well that this time of year, money would be more apt to flow if they could plant seeds of desire going into the holiday season early. I vividly remember spending hours flipping pages in the Sears wish book. It was like Amazon, but in print. They had every toy and bike you could want. It was like holiday crack for eight-year-olds. 
And my brother and I would pass it back and forth. We'd circle the things we wanted, dog ear pages, cut pictures out, and anything else we could do to make sure mom and dad knew which presents we really wanted. It was a big deal for us. It was that one time a year where we could load up on stuff and we had to take advantage. So we absolutely bombarded our parents with, I want this, I want that. We'd show them the photos. We'd tell them how cool each thing was. We were so filled with energy and desire around what we wanted that they didn't stand a chance. I mean, they'd tell us no. My brother and I would complain and cry and get mad. Then once we processed that, you guessed it. We just kept on hammering home how cool it would be to have that new G.I. Joe with the swivel arm battle grip and that new Intellivision video game and that new Dino GT bike. And we were absolutely relentless. They'd tell us no again. My brother and I would whine and moan and get mad until we processed it out of our system. And we'd start the process of wanting it all over again. And guess what? We almost always got everything we wanted and then some. But why? I mean, what was the strategy that we unknowingly employed as kids to create such great results under the Christmas tree? Well, let's take a look. So first, we identified what we wanted under the tree. The wish book was a huge help in this endeavor filling our heads with all kinds of ways to bankrupt the parents. Secondly, we got really excited about the possibilities, so much so that we attached emotion to the things we wanted and painted ourselves into the vision of how it would feel to have those things. Then we took our desires to the people who could help us fulfill that vision. Mom, dad, aunts, uncles, grandparents on both sides. And after we'd presented our wants to the various people, we knew who could help us, we went through the process of rejection. So one by one, we collected no's, we'll see's, and maybe's. We then processed the negative emotions we felt fully. When we were told no, meaning whether by pouting or just acting like little assholes, we experienced the emotion fully so we could release it. Once we released the emotion, we could get back on task and start the process of wanting all over again but this time free of distraction and focused on our next angle of attack and influence so that Christmas morning looked the way we wanted it to look. Now I'm sure you've noticed the parallel here and how it relates to what you want as an adult. See, the problem isn't that as adults we stop wanting. Hell, I mean, I can speak for myself. I want all the time. The problem is that when we meet disappointment or failure or embarrassment or whatever that emotion is that we feel we hold on to, then we use that emotion to create a story about the situation that justifies us staying exactly where we are rather than pushing forward when we hear that first no. When what we really ought to do is process the emotion, experience the situation fully so we can write a new story that empowers us. Maybe for you that's yelling, maybe that's crying, maybe it's solitude. You know, whatever it is, the only way out is through. And once you're through, you can see clearly and tell yourself a new story about what happened. You can see it for what it is and start the process again and again until you get the result you want. Now, your ability to persist will depend on the story that you tell yourself. For example, if my brother and I had told ourselves that no matter what we did, we weren't going to get the Christmas we wanted, then we'd have quit at the first no. But we didn't, and neither does any kid. I mean, look at any kid. They want it too hard. And they'll tell themselves whatever story they need to in order to make their vision a reality. They just keep coming again and again, wanting and wanting. 
And the story I remember running as a kid was if I kept at it, I'd eventually get a maybe. And if I could work on that maybe, I could possibly get a yes. So how about you? What are you not allowing yourself to want? What did you go for and get shot down so hard you got embarrassed or pissed off? You decided that your story was one of victimhood. And every time you think about that time, you still feel negative energy around it. You've got to do the hard thing and process that shit out of your system. You've got to find a place where you can release, yell, scream, whatever you need to do without scaring the shit out of the neighbor so you can fully experience that thing and write a new story that fuels you to want again. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. If you found value in this message, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google, preferably CastBox. It's the coolest platform or Stitcher. Share this with those you know need to hear it on social, and I'll see you back here in the next episode. Until then, this is Jason Archer signing off. Now go and do the hard thing.